exploring faith journeys and inspiring ministries that embody the good news of God, this is The Cumberland Road. I'm your host, T.J. Melanoski. Today, Reverend Billy Price joins us on Cumberland Road. Billy is the Associate Pastor of Youth at the Beaver Creek Cumberland Presbyterian Church in Knoxville, Tennessee. He resides in Knoxville with his wife, Laura, and his sons, Eden and Woods. Billy was ordained in the Cumberland Presbyterian Church in 2016 and has been serving the Beaver Creek Church for the past three and a half years. Billy, thank you for joining us today. Thanks for having me. Yeah. I'd like to begin our conversation with a question about a journey. I find it's a good place to introduce our faith. And so I wanted to ask you, can you recall your earliest experience with God? Yeah. Um, so I grew up in the church. I uh, grew up in the uh, Cumberland Presbyterian Church of Germantown um, around Memphis. And um, I mean, growing up in that church, I've heard since forever uh, that God loves me. Um, I've heard the stories of Jesus and how he uh, approached people and uh, how he treated folks. And uh, actually, my first experience, I guess, would be the best way that I can tell it is uh, the first time that I ever felt the Holy Spirit, first time that I experienced it. And oddly enough, it was on a church trip with a different church. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Let's see. So our our youth group, uh, I was involved throughout uh, middle and high school, but our our youth group, uh, we would take a break from meeting during the summer. Um, And so we did have camps and things like that in the summertime, but we didn't meet regularly. Um, And this would have been the summer that I turned 14. So I was either 13 or 14 when this happened. Uh, But just hanging out with some of my school friends, um, they were checking out this one church up the road. It was a bigger church, Presbyterian. um, And they were going on this trip. And it was just one of those things. Hey, my friends are doing it. I kind of want to tag along. Uh, Took this big old bus to South Padre Island, Texas. And honestly, it was just... It was one of those trips where you're just hanging out with your friends. I don't think necessarily that any of us were really geared up for the church experience. It was just one of those youth trips. Hey, let's go. Everyone's going. Um, And so we got down there and um, it took me by surprise. Um, I remember we're in the huge auditorium and this band is playing. And honestly, it was the music. Uh, I couldn't tell you anything that any of the preachers said that week, nothing, but it was the music. It was the music that got me. And for the first time, uh, I felt like the words that I'm singing are my words, you know, Um, and I was truly singing and uh, it was overwhelming. It really was. And it took a few days uh, to try to figure out what was happening. Um, and talking with some of my close friends who were also just there to hang out on a youth trip, I'm sure they were probably like, what are you talking about? (laughs) (laughs) But I'm, you know, trying to make sense of this. And as the week continues, every time the band takes the stage, I am, I'm gearing up, I'm ready. I, I, I want that again. So after 
after that week went by, I, I was pretty certain uh, that God was doing something in a brand new way uh, in my life. I remember talking to the band uh, toward the end of the week. I think I went and got like one of their autograph CDs or something. Uh, had no idea who they were. Uh, later come back home and I'm at Borders Bookstore and uh, I'm looking in the Christian music section and all of a sudden I see this band and they've got all these albums out. It was the David Crowder band and I had no idea who they were, um, no idea that they were like somebody, you know, and so I was like, gotta be kidding me. Like I was talking to these guys. I, I told them about my experience through their music and stuff like that. I, I met them, I shook their hands. And um, so that was really cool. And honestly, David Crowder's music throughout the years has really held a place in my heart just because of that. Um, so while that experience happened uh, with a different church on this uh, other church trip, it was kind of a, a very personal um, experience, and it was something that I felt I experienced alone, kind of by myself. Um, it teed up nicely uh, how my faith would develop through my youth group at my church at Germantown for the next few years, because that next summer would be the first time I went to CPYC. Um, it was at Nakomi at the time, and it was there that I felt the Holy Spirit, but among other people, being a part of a community that was also um, feeling the Holy Spirit. And so that really, uh, yeah, that, that experience teed it up nicely for the rest of my faith development through my teenage years, um, to be a part of a community that was focused on God. And, um, yeah, yeah. It's hard to explain the rest. Can you name any folks who've had a uh, significant impact on your faith development and your faith formation? For sure. Um, I know the church at Germantown uh, still to this day is full of uh, saints, people that have uh, raised me and shaped me. Um, you know, William Warren being the pastor there uh, for my whole life and all these other you know, as I got older, I figured out they're ministers too. You know, all these other people in the congregation. They were, you know, my Sunday school teachers. They were my uh, mentors through confirmation. They were youth leaders and youth uh, volunteers. So for sure, I, I have this special, you know, Germantown as a special place in my heart. Uh, absolutely. And then through the camping community at Camp Clark Williamson, um, I'm sitting here at my desk and I'm looking at a picture that I keep on my desk. Uh, and it's me with Aaron Ferry and Matt Tyler. Um, they were two camp counselors at Camp Clark Williamson who really encouraged my faith development uh, and influenced me in a profound way. Um, it was, I think it was my, the summer between my junior and senior year of high school. Um, that I'm sitting, we're at camp and I'm sitting at uh, the breakfast table in between them. And they're asking me, you know, so what do you see yourself doing when you get older? And I remember that was the first time that I said, well, I think I want to do what y'all do, <laughs> if that makes sense. And they just kind of looked at each other and grinned. Um, and that was the start of countless conversations with them about what is youth ministry, you know, and, and 
what is it that draws them to it? And um, what is it that draws me to it? And things like that. So I, I keep that picture on my desk. It reminds me uh, of that time. It reminds me of the beginning of this call, um, of this journey that I've been going down ever since. It keeps me grounded in who I am. And then also, you know, throughout seminary, different professors and um, Corey Williams, who's a great friend of mine, he really in, encouraged me and uh, he served as my boss. I worked in the IT department under him through seminary. And so, yeah, there have been quite a few. Um, and it's as, as my faith has developed and hit kind of these different milestones, uh, there are always people involved in those. and. Um, they do. I, I remember them and think of them often. Yeah. Billy, what is it about God that keeps you coming back and identifying with Christianity? I keep thinking about that age old question, you know, what is the meaning of life kind of thing? What, what is life made of? Um, and I know that Jesus said that he comes to give life and life abundantly. Uh, and what I have found is time and time and time again, I've found that to be true. I think that following the way of Christ, um, living by his example, uh, obeying his commands, I think the, the more you follow him down that road, I think you will discover uh, this abundant life that he talks about. You know, it's, it's, you just find your, your life enriched. Um, you really do. Uh, you live uh, more deeply. You love more deeply. I, I think, you know, abundance is something that, uh, that I think the world claims to be able to offer. But, you know, you can go down those roads, you can seek other things, uh, but I don't think that you will find life abundantly uh, like you do when you follow Jesus, when you embrace relationship and when you um, live within this covenant community uh, where that abundant life is is practiced. So that's, I kind of have found that to be kind of a charge that I give and I think will continue to give our graduating seniors every year um, is, you know, I, I know that they can seek happiness, they can seek joy, they can seek meaning, life abundantly uh, in all kinds of other places. But I tell them, you know, I, I don't think that you will find it like you do following Jesus. Um, and so that's my charge to them. But I fully believe that um, Jesus shows us this is uh, life as God means for it to be for you. And it just, um, yeah, it's, it's life and it's abundant. Billy, you wanted to talk a little bit more about your... Um call to ministry? Yeah, I know, uh, you know, towards the tail end of high school, uh, I had this understanding that, hey, I think God's calling me to youth ministry. I want to stay involved within that community. And then I went to college. And uh, luckily, I had, a, there were a couple uh, CP churches that were local. Um, I went to UT Martin. And uh, there were a few CP churches around there. And so I, I stayed involved with them. Um, and I quickly became a counselor of like all the West Tennessee junior high events and then 
once I uh, turned of age, I could now become a counselor at all the senior high events. And um, I got invited to be on staff at CPYC. At some point, I, I picked up guitar during college. First time that I ever, ever played guitar. Um, and it's really funny that the whole reason I picked it up was to be able to play church camp songs because I wanted that connection that I had had before. Right. And going into, you know, my first experience with the Holy Spirit, music was so important. Um, and so I, I picked up guitar just to be able to learn church camp songs. And luckily, most of them only have four chords anyway. So <laughs> you could play a, a whole bunch of them. But yeah, it was a. Uh, it was a bunch of counselors and other adults that uh, were encouraging me to stay involved, whether they knew that that's what they were doing or not. Um, I was being fed during those college years uh, still by this community that I loved so much. And, you know, it quickly kind of became, uh, I would have to step out of my comfort zone. Someone asks me, hey, would you lead a devotion? Uh, would you lead a small group? Um, would you preach one night? Um, and of course, I didn't want to, but they thought that I could. And so um, I took that leap. Um, and same with guitar. Remember, someone asked me if I would play guitar, and I really didn't want to, and I was not at all confident. But I think it was Jennifer Hayes uh, said that she would play with me. So that's how I kind of got my feet wet with playing music at camp was um, had someone else to kind of hold my hand and get me started with it. So it, it, you know, it was, um, my, my faith was being nourished uh, during those college years. I stayed a part of that. Now I went to Martin and I was, I got my biology degree. I had every intention of being an eye doctor. That's, uh, that's what I wanted to do. Um, I had a passion for the knowledge of it. Um, I really did. I was interested as all get out. Um, I shadowed a good number of eye doctors. And that's what uh, I wanted to do. I thought God was calling me to be that. Um, I would, I loved the idea of later on in life using it in the mission field, but I knew that I wanted to stay involved in ministry some way, somehow. So I kind of created this own plan for myself that I would pursue optometry school and being, becoming an eye doctor now. And then I would go to seminary later on down the road, you know, when most people in their 40s decide to go to seminary, it felt like. Um, but if there is anything that I have um, found out or discovered about discerning God's call, it, at least in my life, this may be true for others as well, God absolutely uses opportunity to guide me where I should go. You know, I, I make my plans, but... Uh, God closes doors and opens others. Um, and that's kind of how that's worked. I, th I think, I think God has used my failures. Um, I did, I, I tried to get into optometry school, uh, and I got put on the waiting list for two years, for two years. And so that second year, when I found out I was on the waiting list, I really started to question, is this something that I want to try for, for a third year or is something bigger at work? Uh, should I pay attention to this failure? And I was uh, still involved uh, as an adult at CPYC. And I remember I went to CPYC that year and I was starting to question, am I supposed to pursue ministry now? 
And so that's that was my big prayer uh, for that entire summer. That was my prayer uh, to God. Will you reveal to me um, what I'm supposed to do now? And it was there that uh, I talked with other adults and other counselors and mentors of mine even. And I started to question that with them. And uh, I was opening myself up. And uh, I think in doing that and opening myself up to them, I was opening myself up to God. And I felt the call uh, to pursue ministry at that point. And so that meant going to seminary. And seminary means a whole lot of writing papers and reading books. And that was stuff that I hated to do. (laughs) (laughs) So I didn't know what that meant. But I remember talking to somebody, I believe it was Missy Rose, um, who said, well, you're not going to know unless you try if you're called to go to seminary. She said, so why not go? And you'll know real quick if you're not called to it. And uh, turns out that she was right. I did within the first couple weeks of seminary. I was in love with what we were talking about um, and diving deeper uh, into the gospels um, and just into our faith and what it means to practice faith and be a leader in the faith. That really did. That just, I don't know, it lit a fire in my belly and uh, I knew that I was called to do that. It was really hard to let go of um, my plans to be an eye doctor. That was really difficult because they weren't just my plans, but uh, my family's plans. You know, my parents had invested a lot uh, in my plan to do that as well. So approaching them about it was difficult for me. Uh, in hindsight, it shouldn't have been. Had nothing to worry about. But it was. It was difficult to let that go. But I will say, and this is, you know, quite comical. When I started sharing news that, you know, hey, change of plans, I'm going into ministry. All of a sudden, people just coming out of the woodwork and they were like, called it. We knew it. This is, you know, this is, we've seen this in you for years kind of thing. Even my college buddies, I was in a fraternity. So you can imagine life in a fraternity. Even those guys said that they knew that this was my calling to go into ministry. Turns out that I was just the last to figure it out, I guess, (laughs) or at least to accept it. And so, yeah, that was my, my call to, uh, to go to seminary. And it's funny, I, I told you it was really hard to let go of my interest and passion for optometry so much that even at the very end of seminary, I decided I've got to give it one more shot. And I took a semester at University of Memphis and retook some science classes, the hardest ones that I'd had. And I did really well in them. And I was like, whoa, I did better in them now than I did, you know, in undergrad. And so I, I really thought this this might be my shot. And uh, I, you know, retook the admissions test and I sent in my application for optometry school and I was putting it all on it, you know. And of course, that was, you know, me wanting that, me wanting my plan to work out. But also, I mean, there's there was such a passion there. I really thought that God was behind it. And perhaps God was uh, behind that journey through that. Um, because I was still being developed in other ways. But it's really funny. I say that God has called me through opportunity and doors opening and doors closing. I was waiting to hear back from optometry school. 
when the search committee from Beaver Creek Cumberland Presbyterian Church called me, told me they were looking for a youth pastor, um, wanted to know if I was interested, if I would come interview. And so I, I drove to Knoxville um, and I interviewed. And it's really funny because my sister already lived out here. So I had come to visit. I knew that eventually I wanted to move east. I wanted to be closer to the mountains. There's something about it. And I, I still, you know, felt called to youth ministry. And a very good friend of mine, uh, Whitney Brown, Whitney Kristoff now, she is from that church. And she told me, she was like, Billy, everything that I know of you and everything that I know of my home church, this makes sense. This, this is for you. This is God opening this up for you. And so it was, golly, that was such an intense time to have I'm, I'm awaiting word from optometry school and uh, I'm interviewing for this position. Uh, and of course, Beaver Creek came back and said the job was mine if I wanted it. And I was still waiting uh, for optometry school and optometry school replied back a few days later and I was on the waiting list. And it was the first time that I was on the waiting list that I actually felt at peace about it. Um, so I emailed them back. Uh, the optometry school and said, you know, you can remove my name, remove my application. Thank you for your consideration. And uh, right after that, called Beaver Creek and said, I'll take it. I'll take the job. And uh, I've moved up here. And yeah, I have discovered life more abundantly since doing that. So uh, yeah, that's, that's how I got to where I am today. Um, just God using opportunities, using closed doors and opening others. And um, it's a journey for sure. A lot of people will say that the children and youth are the church of the future. I've always seen our children and youth uh, part of the church of now. Speaking of the church, looking at the youth and the children and the young adults, what are some ideas and hopes and aspirations that you have for the church presently, but also in the future? Well, I fully agree with you. Young people are the church absolutely right now. By and large, I think, and this is one of the things that really just gives me hope um, as I think about the church in the future. You know, we, we talk about numbers and, you know, our numbers going down, is the church dying, you know, stuff like that. We, we have those concerns and those worries. But one of the things that gives me hope and is directly from uh, ministry with young people is to see them get it, to see them embrace it, their faith, to see that God still calls. Uh, it's, I mean, that should give us all hope that God is still calling new people uh, every day into, uh, into this community. I think by and large, young people, teenagers, even college kids, I think they have an idea of what evil looks like, uh, what hate looks like, even when it happens within the church. I think they have an idea of what that looks like. I think they have an awareness of that doesn't seem right. That doesn't seem compassionate. That doesn't seem fair. I do. Uh, you know, sometimes as, as adults, I feel like we, we complicate things and we throw all these justifications in there as to, 
you know, why we treat certain people a certain way, that kind of thing. Um, I think teenagers and college students uh, have this awareness of they know that, you know, they, they see right through some of that. I think they do. I think that's something that we should pay attention to by all means. Um, you know, by and large, I think they have this ability uh, to see through some of our, <laughs> you know, just, I don't know, convoluted theology and all these things. And they just see something a little more plainly. And uh, I, I think it would do us well, the church as a whole, to to listen uh, to their voices, to hear their observations. You know, some of it seems prophetic at times. <laughs> and that's uh, that's important. So, yeah, I, I see that being a very important thing for the church moving forward. And especially as, you know, if these young people are having this understanding at a young age, they'll probably carry that with them into adulthood. Um, so it would do us good to listen to them now because eventually there'll be prominent voices at the table, you know, if, if, if they aren't already. I, th- I think we should take heed and, and, and listen and um, take into consideration their understanding of things, uh, church-related. Billy, how can we continue to follow your faith journey? Well, uh, I know we've been doing uh, live services at Beaver Creek um, on Facebook Live. Uh, You can always follow what the church is up to like that. Pretty much anything East Tennessee Presbytery camping ministry related, um, I'm going to be a part of or um, at least be in the know of. Uh, so anything going on in that regard, yeah. And then, you know, you can always email me, <laughs> see how things are. Um, but yeah, it's. Billy, thank you for share, sharing today. Thank you for giving us a glimpse of uh, youth ministry and your journey and that path along the way. Thank you for listening and find a friend and travel with us on our next journey down Cumberland Road. Thank you.